Okay, welcome back to Tall Hungry Girl Talks. I'm super excited about this episode. Um, So recently I started working with a career coach and two of the things that my coach and I identified that was keeping me frozen in place from really seeking out what I wanted to do was an overwhelming amount of fear and taking a, um, a leap of faith and just making a career change, a fear about making a possible mistake um, or choosing a job that I you know, didn't like. And I thought, hmm, if I'm having this problem, I know I'm not the only one. So who better to discuss overcoming fear in your careers than two amazing entrepreneurs? Uh, my first guest started her own firm in the last year And my second guest started his own business 13 years ago. So without further ado, I'll introduce them ladies first. Always, always, always. always, always So Monique Waters is the founder and principal consultant for H2O Strategies, LLC, a local woman and minority-owned certified business enterprise licensed and based in the District of Columbia. She is a skilled communication strategist with over a decade of experience in private and public sectors, helping members of Congress and business leaders authentically convey their message. Her consultancy helps organizations effectively plan and engage diverse constituencies on front-facing issues of the day. Quite accomplished over there, Monique. <laughs> and well, thank you. And then I have. Are you making money? That's the question. <laughs> that is the ultimate question. That is. Oh, and then oh, next yeah. we have Bua. <laughs> Say your last name because I don't want to mess it up. Bua Benitia. Okay. He is a managing principal at Dante's Partners, where he directs the acquisition, development, manage, and financial activities of the firm. Boo is also the chair of the D.C. Housing Finance Agency and a board member of the D.C. building industry. He has more than two decades of experience in real estate development. Very accomplished people. So because, like I said, we always start with the ladies first. (laughs) Um, Monique, can you tell me a little bit about your journey to entrepreneurship? Sure. Um, My journey is a little... um non-traditional because I actually started um, 11th grade. Uh, I, <laughs> I remember talking to my aunt who is an actress in California and I was like, who's the person that helps you get interviews? Like I know, I know the journalist, right? <laughs> I don't wanna do that. Who's the person that like, there has to be a go-between, right? Like someone who manages that process and like fights for you. She's like, oh, that's a publicist. And I was like, yeah, 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 I think I want to do that. And so, so I, ding, 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 like a light went off in my head. And I was also reading this, um, this book at the time that was, uh, it was called The Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, uh, I was trying to hone in on something that I was passionate about and also could have, like, was naturally skilled and, and had a natural aptitude yeah. um, for. So, um, I landed randomly through a phone conversation from the West Coast on communications. And then um, I was also very active at my high school. Uh, Shout out to Archbishop Carroll. Um, And so there was a program, (laughs) there was a program there um, and it allowed us to network. Um, It was a part, an extension of their development program. So, you know, uh, courting donors, but one of the programs that they had um, that year um, 
they exposed us to different professionals and it was like a luncheon and I, and I was like and I remember asking the coordinator who here is in public relations and they sat me down next to um, a man by the name of Ophiel Dukes and he became my mentor um, so I managed my first press conference at the press building the Front National Press Club right down the street um, and it was 2001 so wow. and I say I have a I, I say I have over a decade of experience and I will keep saying that until I get to two decades yeah. like <laughs> like Lua and it just um, means you're old yeah <laughs> yeah and I'm you know, dyeing my hair so you know extremely grateful but I do realize and um, and I'm, I'm I think my journey allows me to reach much younger a much younger audience um, and challenging them to be curious early right mm-hmm. so it's not about okay you know, rigid track or rigid pathway of, okay, I, I went to high school, check. I went to yeah. college, check. Okay, now I need to determine my major. Like, no, be curious early. Yes. Fast and early. Success is never linear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, that's So, Boo, what about you? <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, what they say about the apple not falling far from the tree is exactly what happened to me. Um, so I grew up in a family of nothing but entrepreneurs. So my, my, my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, but more so to that, my dad, my, my dad has nine brothers and all but one are entrepreneurs. And the one who is not an entrepreneur is a brain surgeon. (laughs) So underachievers. Yes. So no, seriously. So 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 think about that like think about growing up in a household where you can never yeah. impress anybody yeah. at any given wow. point in time <laughs> but <laughs> i no think kidding. i think where it really got to me was i'll never forget so you know i migrated from from nigeria to to the states i got very lucky i got into nyu and my dad would always come and see me you know once a year in school maybe spend a couple of you know days with me and you know my dad was coming so you know here i was in college i had a suit and ch- a suit and tie job so i was very very proud of myself you know every day i was waking up you know dressing up like no you can't even pay me to dress up right <laughs> and i was so proud of myself that you know not not to knock any other job but like i had an office desk job and you know my dad would be proud blah 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 and my dad does this thing every time he does it till now every time he comes to see me he always waits till the last day, and he gives me his full assessment of his son. Shit is dreadful. <laughs> so, like, I get my report card at the end of his trip. So even I, now? Even now. Even oh, now. my goodness. Even now. It's like, you know, you can do better here. You can do this. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And and I'll never forget that trip. Um, he said, oh, you know, I see I see you're proud of yourself. I see, I see you're happy. I see you're doing well, you know, you're in school, you have a job. And he said, you know, I didn't raise a son to work for anybody. And that was it. Uh-huh. And for me, you know, for the type of son that I am, who's always seeking, you know, parents' approval, um, I guess that's that's what I've been yeah. working on ever since, is just trying to figure out a way to seek my parents' approval. So wow. that's how I became an entrepreneur. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so for me, when I originally applied to get into college, I didn't get in. Um, little known fact about me, but now I'm on the board of directors at the University of Oregon. Yeah, so yeah. that's, Quite that's kind story. of, a, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this also gave me like a constant feeling of being an underdog and trying to um, manage what people call the imposter syndrome. Um, so once I did get in, I was like, do I belong here? I had a journalism professor and a best friend who I'm still super close to. Her name 
um, the professor's name was Rebecca Force, and my uh, friend's name was Nate Jackson. And he was also in the journalism school with me. But there was nothing that they thought I couldn't do. It was like I was capable of anything. I wanted to be a TV news reporter. I wanted to do this. I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. And they l- really inst- like inspired me and, and gave me permission, I guess, before I gave myself permission. Do you guys have any mentors that pushed you along the way to that inspired you? Well, I just mentioned mine, um, Mr. Dukes, who um, is now deceased. He was my mentor. He became my mentor um, for your in- for years. Okay. So until not just he, when until you were young. He, yeah. Not just when I was young. I would come back from college and intern in his home office. So I would say, in terms of laying the um, laying the groundwork for um, for my belief in what I do now and and through my consultancy, I believe because. I, I was mentored by an entrepreneur. He had his, uh, a DC-based consultancy here. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually introduced to the profession through a small business owner. Yeah. Um, so I think even though he's, he's gone, um, I think I just hearken back to the very framework that I, I saw him operate his business from. And I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just lessons, taking the lessons yeah. and drawing from the lessons yeah. know, along the way. For you, Boo, was it all of your your family, or yeah, did you I have, mean, like, outside people I that were also influencing you? I would say, first and foremost, you know, a lot of it came from within. I mean, yeah. I, I really hate my family. They motivated you. It's, it's <laughs> like, can someone be a slacker? Yeah. Once? Um, no, it's funny. Um He's my, my, my uncle. I have an uncle who's based in New York. And, you know, he's not in real estate, but his story is so unique that he he was trying to get to the States. He couldn't get to the States. He ended up in medical school in Russia, right, and and learned to speak the language. So you can imagine a black man wow. speaking wow. Russian, right, in Russia, in that, you know, rigid, yeah. frigid cold. And somehow made his way to the states, and no and and no medical school is accepting of your medical you know education in the states. So he had to figure out a way to d- almost damn near start all over. Yeah. And today he is the dean of the medical school at NYU. Holy right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so so wow. so so I'm those are the people that you're so, looking at. So this up is to. someone that, and I've yeah. s- and I've and I've watched this progression. Like I've I've seen and I've experienced this progression throughout that period, and 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 to the point where I'm just like, man, I better have something of serious accomplishment <laughs> in my pocket yeah, next time right. I go see him. Otherwise, exactly. <laughs> he's gonna be like slacker, <laughs> right? So, but. But it's weird, like you know, me, my cousins. I mean, you know, we do have some some interesting folks within the family. Everybody does, but I'll say for the most part, everyone has just got this like entrepreneurial bug, mm-hmm. and 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 even if it's within the corporate America, they figured out a way to rise within those ranks mm-hmm. and excel exceptionally. Yeah. And so yeah, so it's it's having all those people around. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like persistence is really the one thing that kind of separates people apart. Um, for me, when I lived in Oregon and I was applying for journalism jobs, I wasn't hearing back. I was sending out my, uh, my video reel to all of these television news stations and I applied for a job at the news hour 
and I got rejected multiple times and he was it was um for uh, their desk assistant program, which is like a six month long program. And I applied the third time the guy, he said, okay, email me back in six months. Um, so I emailed him back in six months. I, he was like, you know, okay. I think I had just annoyed the shit out of him at that point (laughs) that he gave me the job. He was like, okay. So I had to move to DC within like two weeks. I had $500 And, it, and I made $8 an hour working there. But it was like my persistence that completely changed the trajectory of my entire career. Like what is, I know some stories about you in terms of persistence, Bua, um, in terms of you, you know, going to N- NYU and like socializing yourself um, yeah, with that. I, like I, what are what are some I, kind I, of I, stories of persistence? I mean, I'll, that I'll tell you, you know, um, when I want something, I don't know what it is. You know, I'll tell you a very interesting story that happened to me two weeks ago. I'd, you know, my daughters are here to to attest to it, right? So we'll come back to the NYU story. But I, I actually had to think about this for a very long time, about the type of person I am. So a couple of week, weekends ago, when it was scorching hot, we decided to go out as a fam. We went down, you know, to one of our favorite restaurants, and they had a private event. So the, the restaurant was, was closed down. For, for, for the public. And I was like, oh, all I'm doing is take out, I bet you I can convince the chef to cook the meal that we want and go home. <laughs> <laughs> like Only <why>? Bua. Just <laughs> VIP all day. Only Bua. Like, I, I, I just... And that was reasonable. Yeah. Like, right? It was, well, yeah. it was not... I mean, like, if yeah. you believe it, you can achieve like, it. Well, right. I just have to go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's money, right? It's a transaction. Something yeah. is going to happen. They're going to benefit from it. I'm going to benefit. I'm going to tell them how great of a food, you know, how great of a meal that they have. And it would work out. And my daughters had to drag me. He was like, you're not going to do this. Boo, it's a private event. You have to respect the fact that it's a private event. <laughs> You're like, but same <laughs> chef, I'm like, same chef. I'm like, guys, you know, let's just go. Don't you want the food? I want the food. Let's go. Let's go. It was like, there are plenty of other options. And No, I want this one. I want, and, <laughs> and it's weird because I spent a lot of time thinking about it that day. And I was just like, man, like, they were so, like, you know, like, like, and, and, and I think for me, it was just like, did you get the food? So no, the, the, they convinced <laughs> right, me to go, they convinced, know. they convinced me to do, to do something else. But I saw that to say that if you want something like you've just expressed yourself, you should not let anything get in the way of that. And, and that's just, that's just the way I am. It's just the way I feel about something that I want. And I tell you, I told you the NYU story because the NYU story is true. Number one, I thought, yes, I put in a stellar application. What is the, the NYU story so for the all NYU the, so the, the listeners? N- <laughs> so the NYU story is, and, and this is sort of real indicative of, of how I operate till today. So I only wanted to go to one school, uh, and it was, a, it was a bad decision. I'm telling everybody out there right now, don't do it. It's a bad decision. It's not a standard. It's an exception. That's <laughs> it's an exception. It's an exception. I only wanted to go to one <laughs> school. I only wanted to go to NYU. That was the school of choice. That was where I was going to end up. That's what I was going to do. And everyone around me basically said, dumb, dumb, dumb idea, which is fine. I get it. Makes sense. But there was just no other school that I felt, um, you know, represented every single thing that I want. And clearly, it's it's all happening today. So I, I put in my application. I thought I did well. Um, so the application was in, and I was sitting down around. I was getting nervous, not knowing not the idea of living like the idea of my destiny being in someone else's hands just did not sit well with me and it never has and never will so i said good i'm just going to show up at the campus every day 
every day I'm going to show up at the campus and I'm going to figure something out and I'm going to, I'm just going to figure it out. So literally I would show up at the campus, I would make friends with the porter, I would make friends with the admissions folks in the office, I would make friends with all the teachers. So I made friends with a core group of people within the campus and, and I think the way I got into the school was not because of, of the grades, it was not because of the stellar application. I think it was just because they were just sick and tired of seeing me on campus. Because how many applicants were able to be admitted into the program that you were applying oh, for? Oh, so the program that I went through, only five people got in <laughs> to that program. Of, out of how many? Out of maybe wow. over 500 people, right? <laughs> so the odds, again, were very, very small. Persistence pays, so pays off, folks. <laughs> so I literally showed up at the campus every day. Every day, I knew everybody by name. And it turns out that even the porter who was not only cleaning the common areas, was cleaning the office of the admissions. So he would be like, oh, you know, there's this kid out here. Who, yeah. So, And next thing you know, the forces just worked, um, just came together to the point where I got that letter. And, man, it was great to be able to walk to everybody and be like, all right, Karen, I got you. <laughs> but one of the things that you're really um, stressing is the importance of really – establishing relationships yes. yeah. whenever you're trying yeah. to be persistent. Be nice to everyone. Yeah. Right, because you never know. Yeah. It could yeah. be the, the intern, the, the the janitor. The intern that the turns into washer, Obama. The yes. intern that turns into someone who is yeah. a gatekeeper, yeah. right? So the real lesson is cherish every relationship yeah. and really spend time cultivating authentic relationships. Yes. We're yeah. in a city that is extremely transactional, but when it comes to persistence, people remember uh, the relationships. They, they identify, they cultivate, they validate off of the strength of relationships. And so even as an entrepreneur, that makes and breaks you know, business development strategy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we all, we're here because of a, a broader network that we have, right? Yeah. We have a, a, a network that connects us, yes, because we respect each other, but one, we have a valuable network that connects all of us. Yeah. But, but in addition to that, emails and phone calls can only do but so much. Face-to-face. -face. You have to Absolutely. go press the flesh. And I say that all the time. I have people who work for me now, and they're very comfortable sending out emails. And I'm like, guys, just show up. You have a laptop. You have a hotspot. Just show up in front of the offices mm -hmm. and work. And they'll eventually, they will make time for you. Yeah. Just sit, just sit in the lobby. Don't be a stalker, but you know. <laughs> but we all know how to be persistent. You know, even in PR, <laughs> when I talk to younger professionals, they yeah. are... Don't get a restraining order. Right. We, call it, we, call it, we call it a... Well, I think the, the term we use in our office is um, polite pest. <laughs> yes, that's, yes. That's the way. Yes, that's, I, that's, I actually that's, like that. I, yeah. I have been a polite pest my whole life. Yeah. I mean, bordering on pest, but a polite pest. A polite pest. I smile. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. polite. <laughs> pest is that uh, operative <laughs> word. <laughs> but I'm noticing that email, you say email and, and calls, you name, you're naming two modes of communication that to the next generation are quite are antiquated, right? Yeah. So they're used to communication via text, yeah. like they're dependent on it. So much so that personal interaction is something that be, is becoming, they're becoming less comfortable and acclimated yeah. with. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. even Which the, the not need, good. it's not yeah. good. No. So, yeah. you know, the need for yeah. this stressing personal relationships yeah. and face-to-face -face contact, it's because in our fields, in our society, it's a dying skill. Yeah. It is. Um, so uh, moving on to... Uh, I mean, we know that you don't have a lot of issues with confidence, Bua. 
So maybe maybe you will have something to add to this. But Monique, for you, what gave you the confidence to start your own business? Especially like I feel like as women, we already make less on the dollar than, you know, than men in like all aspects of society. And so I think that there's there's I think a higher risk and you know we produce babies and so people oftentimes view women as being like a risk like oh are you going to have time to do this this and this. So I think there's a, lo- a lot of the challenges I think for women are different. So wh- how, what gave you the confidence in, to start your own business and like what right. kind of set you on that path? The origins of my confidence didn't really come from whether I could or couldn't start my business. It came from believing in my abilities first Mm -hmm. and knowing that what I, whatever road, whatever path I took, that I was going to command the best command. And that goes for pay. That goes for commanding in terms of the scope of my role. Um, And so, and, and that continues into how I define my relationships with clients. Yeah. Um, if I can provide value, that's a conviction that I've always had, whether I was working on Capitol Hill in the Senate or the House or in the tech space. Yeah. It didn't matter who was in front of me. The, 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 the command and the awareness for you know, my own talents and, and abilities was what drove me to, you know, to, to believe in you know, and have the confidence to start my own business. Yeah. And when I started to realize, like, wait a minute, I'm providing a skill that elevates your vision and brand. I could do this for myself. a fraction yeah. of, you know, when you do the math, yeah. for a fraction of the salary of the cost, when I can take these lessons and put them to use for myself, just, you know, you know, once you build the framework and you build the infrastructure, you can, you can drive it. I think the, in terms of, fears you talk about you know uh, what you're fearful of I've experienced more fear and uncertainty when I was actually employed doing you know working a nine-to-five my jobs have never been nine-to-five because I've been in politics most of the time but you know because you don't know if they're going to be re-elected you don't know if someone's going to be re-elected you know in the advocacy advocacy space you don't know if they're going to get their funding you know there have been so many uncertainties in my career like you know, my first job out of college, nine months after I started, they reduced the scope of my role after I had bought a new car. Oh. I had just moved out of my mom's yeah. house in the middle of a recession. Yes. So, I you mean. You learn those lessons early. You learn them early and you take them with you. Yeah. Right? So, you know, even as an entrepreneur, you know, you learn to plan yeah. for everything. You yes. learn to scope. And I can. You know, to, yeah. I can vouch Monique is a planner. You learn to plan. So, <laughs> you know, you're saying that, you know, I've been been here for a year. No, this plan was put into motion a long time before yeah. you're seeing the fruits of it. Yeah. Right? And so confidence comes in planning and yeah. in, in self-awareness and, and, and confidence in your abilities first. Yeah. Not necessarily in just taking a jump from the cliff and not knowing. Not a reactive jump, yeah, no. no. And people do reactive, yeah. jump reactively and they have a hell of a story to tell for it, but that's not <laughs> the story I wanted. Yeah. I didn't want a cliff story, cliffhanger. No. no. What, what about you, Bua, since you said that you do have fears? What are, what are these? Because I think men and w- sure. fe- you know, women fears are so much different. 
Yeah, um, but, but I'm able to handle my fears better because of the women in my life. Right? Oh, well, <laughs> yes, because we're the better gender. We know this. Of course. <laughs> right. So we hold so you guys it's up. A, it's, a, it's a big difference when when the wife says you need to you need to wrestle that bull down. I'm like, you know what? I can't wrestle. You can't do it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, 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 I think everything Monique just said is is spot on. Um, you know, look, I think understand. So the way I always approach everything I do is really understanding the downside. So that's the first thing I do. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, this is a ninety million dollar project. In the event that this project fails, every single thing that I've worked hard for is done. Okay, all right, cool, so we know that. Okay, how do we, what what, what steps do we need to take to mitigate yeah. all, most of the risks that we know we're more than likely gonna encounter on this particular project, right? Because if you sat me down and said, oh man, you're doing a $90 million project, that's daunting, that's fearful. I'm like, I don't want that, <laughs> I really don't yeah. want that. But we, we figure out what the risks are, and as part of the plan, which again goes back to planning, we figure out a way to mitigate a lot of those risks yeah. and to tr- and and to try and address them. Yeah. And um, yeah, and we just move on. So, can you talk about any moments of failure for you? Because for I think that failure is where we, <laughs> is really Lessons. where you, yeah, yeah is Lessons. where you, yeah, develop your most character. Like, I mean, when shit is going okay, it's like, what's there to? <laughs> There's not really a lot of development that happens there. Yeah, blind but sense of confidence. Yes. Things are going well. Yes. You know, so I, how did you adjust course? I, so I, I think the way, the way I sort of look at failure is, to be honest with you, like, you know, was, was it Jay-Z that says you, you just dust your shoulders off and move on? It's <laughs> funny. I really, I know it happens, and I know we don't always get every single deal, uh, you know, um, I've had situations where I've had employees who literally told me that today was their last day, right? That to me, like, what was it about me as an mm-hmm. employer that would 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 sort of bring out that type yeah. of behavior, right? And um, and and a whole host of things. And it's funny because it's so in my subconscious now that I can't even think about it, right? Honestly, I just look at it and I go, you know what? I'm gonna slip it off. And tomorrow, I'm going to fight another day. Yeah. I, I so not getting hung up in those fears. I, 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 I and failure, really, sure. It's weird. Like, I really do. It's yeah. it's actually a bad trait because I've just become so numb to it. <laughs> as an un- <laughs> it so wasn't me. It was you. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, okay. So, like, literally, it's like everyone in the office would be sad if someone would tell me a sad news. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> <People> like, oh. <laughs> okay, Monique. So... <laughs> To, to someone who has a more normal <laughs> reaction, what tell us about some? What did you do during moments of failure? How did you adjust your course? <laughs> failure to me is like when I when I when I make a decision, I usually take time to assess it first before I jump into something. But um, when I would say when you get into a position or a relationship, whatever yeah. the situation, and you. And you realize, like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. I've had jobs like that. Um, and uh, I initially, my initial assessment is that, okay, this is a failure. Like, I need to plan an escape route. Um, one of the things that I've learned, though, is when I am at my most uncomfortable, like, when if, I, if you can just sit in yeah. that discomfort long enough to... 
I don't want to say survive it, but survive it and assess the lessons, assess the feedback. Because to me, failure is about feedback. Yeah. So that's the F that I really look for. Yeah. Um, so if you sit in it long enough to assess feedback and hone the, perce- the perception of, the, of, of, of where you are, it usually takes a path of its own that gets you right where you need to be. Yeah. And that's the de- very definition of success. It's yeah. where you're destined to be, right? Yeah. And so one thing that might might in the short term feel like a failure, ultimately in the long term, is 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 predestined, you know, I, I where you need to I, be. I could not agree more. It's funny while you were saying that I. I rem- and, and you know the thing about failure is so while you were saying that I remember vividly a transaction that I was part that I partnered on, and I thought I was walking away with a million dollar check only to walk away with maybe three hundred thousand dollars. And talk about sleeping for days, right? Like seven hundred thousand dollars just gone that I would never be able to make back. And um, and I gotta tell you, it just made me the best developer. It's it's the weird thing. Like it's it's just Absolutely. going back going back to your point. Like I was like, okay, cool. What are the lessons learned? Yeah. How mm-hmm. do we not find ourselves in situation again? And you know, again, to something else that you just said, I always say we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. I say that all the time. Yeah. And the moment you find yourself in discomfort, Absolutely. you know what? Be comfortable in it. <laughs> but but the best thing that I would I would say to all of that is always just let the time pass because if you tr- even if you're in failure and you try to rush yourself yes. out of that failure it's going it's, it's, yeah. it's going to get it's going to get worse yeah. so you know what just let it really yeah. like simmer in the discomfort <laughs> yeah and if you immediately yeah. i think for me like i have been uncomfortable this last year mm-hmm. and not and trying to develop a strategy you know and that's why i'm talking to a career coach mm-hmm. and i think what i'm realizing is that this was predestined for me because so much has come out of it. Like I've traveled a bunch, you know, I took some time off work. I did a lot of reflection. I'm working out more. Like I went through this terrible period to kind of come to this place of really knowing who I am. Cause it really deconstructed me to reconstruct me. Yeah. And so I am going through a reconstruction now. And so that has been part of, of my failure is, is reconstructing. So, um, which brings me to, that the the part of people often wanting to skip the journey and fast track to the mountaintop. Um, you mean millennials? <laughs> well, I, mean, I think I, I mean think, I was born in the eighties, no, but, but you yeah, know. but I think you know <laughs> it's, right. it's I, you know I'm a millennial. Anyone who I'm an elder born millennial with a, with a smartphone yeah. in their hand. Yeah. Yes, thinks everything is instantaneous. <laughs> True. But I so when I moved to DC, I lived in a cockroach infested um, like Section Eight housing next to the condo that I own now. And so literally every single day Talk about a journey. Yeah. Every single day I drive by this place that I used to live. And so it's like, I'm never too far off from, mm. you know, 140 pounds. I weigh 178 now because I hadn't, I literally didn't have money for food. And so I, you know, it's like, I've been through, I've, you know, I, I came to DC for a reason and I, I don't regret doing that, but I've had a lot of, of journey along the way. So what what has the journey taught you? 
of getting there, to yeah that there is really for me it's there is no mountaintop no <laughs> there are no there's no mountaintop because people think there is if I get that job no. if I get that husband if I get that wife if I get the kids you've never arrived and there is no such thing as a safety net and if you think if you always position yourself like you're constantly free falling and you get comfortable in that fall you can do whatever you can you can achieve whatever because you're not concerned about the bottom well now there is no bottom right and there is and you're not comfortable reaching you know the ultimate deal there is no such thing because you're you're constantly growing right yeah um so i i that's how i would define success is you're constantly growing you don't mind free falling yeah. right so i i I don't have any, I mean, I do notice that being in D.C., there's so many opportunities here that people have become comfortable just jumping from opportunity to opportunity. Um, and I also, when I, when I decided to start my own business, the feedback that I was getting was, oh, you know, that sounds great, but I mean... That's, it sounds really uncomfortable, and I don't think I could do that because then, you know, how do you rely, you know, money and, you know, all kinds of support, and that's so, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. And my thing is living a predictable life never yeah. helped anyone. It never created, it never sustained your happiness. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, and that's what I'm realizing now. Being able to support someone else's vision through my business is far more fulfilling of a journey than being at the point where you're just punching a, a clock yeah. day to day. So yeah. the, the courage to start your own business doesn't necessarily, um, you know, mean that your your journey is is short circuited, and it doesn't mean that you should stay complacent, right? Yeah. So you know, I think I think seeing your your journey like your cockroach to condo story. <laughs> People should want that, right? We should we should yeah. all want a story, and we should all be in a position where we can enhance someone else's. Yeah, and it also reminds me that, like, regardless of whatever career or anything that you have, there has to be a happiness within because no, nothing, no one thing will ever make you happy. So, but so true, Bua. For for you, what is like, what has the journey taught you? Because I mean, there's you know, we still have so much far to go. So, but. It's honestly, it's fun. You gotta what make advice it. So, do you so have? So the thing that I would say is, number one, it's not for everybody. Yeah. The, the road, the entrepreneurial road is not for everybody. Not at all. Um, listen, I've been doing this for however many years, and I still get up at 3 a.m. every morning. It's not stopped. Oh, my gosh. It's just <laughs> the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's part of my existence. Yeah. I don't care what time I go to bed. I still get up at 3 a.m. And for me, that's like the happiest time of the day for me. It's like quiet. If I, if I sleep past 3, I'm I wake up pissed off, right? Like I, I'm really, really pissed. And 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 I and I look at that and I go, man, and it's funny because everyone's always like, oh, boo, you don't sleep, you don't sleep. And I was like, yeah, because I'm just looking forward to what the day has in store. Like, it's unpredictable, yeah. but at the same time, I just don't know which way it's going to go. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wow, I c I'm so excited. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't contain myself. 
That's why. It's that's Christmas why. every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who knows? It's 3 a.m. Anything could happen. Like what, like what is happening? You could go to the club. You could go to work. There are presents <laughs> under a tree somewhere and, in this house. And, and, but that's, that's, to me, that's, and I think, so, so, the, so I think the, the thing that, so I think it was Big Sean that says, it took him 10 years to be an I overnight. love these rap quotes. I, 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 live, I live by rap quotes. I live by rap quotes. It took me 10 years to be an overnight success. And yeah. and 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 I tell people all the time, if you find something that you truly love, you gotta give it ten years. I tell people that all the time. That's the advice I have for everybody. You're not gonna be able to reap any reward that you put in to whatever you do until you put in yeah. ten solid put years. Put in the time. You gotta put in the time. Right. I was in an investment meeting yesterday that I never thought in my wildest dream that I'll be in. Right. You've got a group of guys who are starting a bank. And for some weird reason, they thought it was great to invite me <laughs> to come and listen to them pitch me about why I should, should invest, invest in this bank. In this bank. <laughs> and I'm sitting down there like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> really? Like, do I sound, do I look? Do I have the means? So they're talking about their business plan, and they're like, oh, just so you know, this is a minimum of 10-year investment. I was like, hell no. <laughs> right? But it's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. It, they're not going to reap any rewards. So they're planning yeah. for a 10-year yeah. hold with no dividends, no nothing. Yeah. And guess what, guys? That's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. You don't expect for anything to happen for 10 years, but you got to stick with it for 10 solid years. Yeah, and I think that that's not just the entrepreneurial journey. That's any journey, any journey. really. Yep. Yeah. Sticking yeah. to it. Yeah. You got to stick to it. I tell you all the time. Young people come and sit down with me all the time. And, you know, one guy came. It's like a couple of weeks ago. I always make time. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, like, oh, you know, I've started a nonprofit. I've done it. And I looked at him and I said, again, going back to Jay-Z. Going back (laughs) to Jay-Z, I said, I said, dude, man, like Jay-Z says, you can't help the poor if you're one of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, what are you doing, bro? Like, what are you doing? Find something that makes you money. But the journey (laughs) is about finding something that you are effective and that effective at and profitable. You find yes, and you can give back that way. And that's a business. And that's the business. And you can give back that way. Because if it's not, it's volunteering. There there you go. Yes. If it's not a business, it's volunteering. It's community service. There you go. There it is. Um, okay, so my last thing is, I want to end because I think that this is so important, is advice to others, not just people that are wanting to start their own business, but people that are, are going out on a leap of faith, that are trying to overcome fear. Like, what would your advice be to, to I mean, you can say it to me. <laughs> like, if you're trying to make a, car- a huge career transition, like, right. what is, like, advice that you would give someone? Receive feedback but don't let it compel you to deter your decision, right? Because like there's that. so much feedback. We're in, we're, again, we're in a society where we're constantly getting content. We're constantly receiving, reacting to something, right? So it's only natural that we would want to pivot to the left or the right with feedback from someone we respect or somebody that's yeah. trying to hate. You never know yeah. what someone's motivation. You know, motivation is for a certain feedback, but if you can just kind of, like Blue just said, like it's a 10-year commitment minimum, but just in general with everything that you're trying to, to do, whatever decisions life, you know, you're trying to make in life, it's like, make it. Like, stay the stick, stay the path. 
you know, honor your commitment to yourself first. Yeah. Right? And respect everyone else's commitment. Yeah. But honor yourself first. Yeah. What about you, Bua? Every year. Another rap quote? No, this is, this is, <laughs> this is not a rap quote. Um, <laughs> nah. Every year, um, December of every year, I write a business plan. I write a plan every year. And um, you you have to be able to substantiate your plan and and just follow through on it and just stand by your convictions. Yes, it's good to get feedback. I, I don't, honestly. I just sit down. I write what I know makes sense. I write what I know is practical and what is achievable. And I tell myself, I've got 365 days to make it happen. And I break it up into 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 tiny bits, into like, you know, um, into quarters. And, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this year, my goal was to get DJ classes in addition to all the crazy stuff I do for work. And mm-hmm. I'm taking DJ classes. Wow. No, it's like, like, like every year I write a plan. And I can't stress that enough because people, you know, it's like the plan that I'm on now is the plan that I wrote 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the plan that I'm still executing. Yeah. And now I have to figure out a way to challenge myself to write another 10-year plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the extent that I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. But Expert DJ. Yes. <laughs> and celebrate the small wins. Absolutely. I think people Absolutely. are really Absolutely. hard on themselves. Yeah. They're overachievers. Especially you know, in like this area. Yeah. Celebrate the small wins. Yeah. If it's a $5 check, yeah. if it's, uh, you know, uh, one step in the direction towards your goal, celebrate it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'll say. Plan. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sit down and write. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining me. Um, That concludes another episode of Tall Hungry Girl Talks. You can subscribe. Please subscribe to me on iTunes, Tall Hungry Girl Talks. Comment, like. um, You can also subscribe on Spotify and visit my website, tallhungrygirl.com, to read my articles. Um, And, yeah, follow along on my journey. It should have been the the Roach to Condos the podcast. <laughs> That's exactly oh my what this <laughs> It's so Roach true. Roach to Condo. <laughs> Everybody, maybe, w- everybody hey, wants hey, to know maybe that's, about that maybe journey. Maybe my that's my next that's December <laughs> December business plan. Right, Road to Condo. Awesome. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. <laughs>